your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you all sorts of great news about the NHL five days a week here in your favorite podcast app. If you are new to the show, if this is your first time tuning in, well, you should definitely make sure you go and uh, hit that big subscribe button, hit that follow button. Make sure you never miss a moment to hear everything that's happening in the league every day of the week. So make sure you're subscribing to this show, Locked on NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Sarah Avampato. I am the host of your show today. You can also hear me on Locked on Kings, bemoaning the current state of the Los Angeles Kings. And you can hear me on Wednesdays on this exact program, talking about some of the biggest stories in the league. Today, we are going to look at some big playoff matchups that are happening First up on the show, we've got Carla Gonzalez, the newest host to the Locked On Network, who is covering the Vegas Golden Knights for us here at, of course, Locked On Golden Knights. Uh, He is giving us a look at the series against the Colorado Avalanche, which already got off to a a bang, let's say, uh, in their first game on Sunday. We're also talking with Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians because they are poised for a Just real fun Game 7 tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is definitely must-see TV uh, for anyone out there. I guess unless you're a fan of those teams, in which case you're just going to have anxiety. So Laura is on the show to talk to us about the path to this Game 7 and what comes next for the Canadians. And then we're going to hear from a couple of our hosts with some quick hits. We've got updates from the Islanders, from the Hurricanes, and from the Avalanche, all about some recent games. So stick around for that on today's show. All that said, let's head right now to Las Vegas and Carlo Gonzalez of Locked On Golden Knights. So we are moving on to the next round of the playoffs, and this team endured the Minnesota Wild for uh, quite a series, and now they're headed to one of the most highly anticipated uh, playoff matchups that we all probably could have imagined. It is the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Colorado Avalanche, and we have uh, the newest host here on the Locked On Network. We've got Carla Gonzalez, host of Locked On Golden Knights. Carla, welcome to the show. Uh, Welcome to the network. Uh, Since you are new, and a lot of people maybe haven't uh, heard you yet on Locked on Golden Knights. Can you give us kind of a, a little bit about you, your background, uh, how much you love the Golden Knights? Thanks, Sarah, um, for the very generous introduction. I am Carlo Gonzalez, and I've I've hosted a different podcast, not the Locked on Golden Knights podcast, for about two and a half years now. Obviously, the, a lot of the Golden Knights content is somewhat new to the hockey world. So it was like, it was one of those things that Maybe we should jump on the opportunity because the market is very, it's still not very, there's not a lot of hockey, uh, Golden Knights content out there. So me and my friend, Andrew, started our own podcast and I've been covering the Golden Knights since uh, since then. I also covered the newly uh, formed Henderson Silver Knights here. It was their first season here in uh, in the Valley. I also cover them. So I, I, I really like the prospect and the development side of stuff too. So I like talking about that. But other than that, I love the Golden Knights because everybody knows the story of the unfortunate events in October of 2017. And really, the Golden Knights, I have never felt a connection to a sports team after that first game that I went to. That was the first professional hockey game that I've been to, like an NHL game, because there, there's a lot of ho- there used to be a lot of hockey in the Vegas Valley, but that was the first NHL hockey game in the valley and that was the first one and it was so cathartic it it really just attached to me and how 
the Golden Knights help the city heal. And that's why I love the Golden Knights. Well, that is awesome. And it's yeah. always great to see uh, as someone who covers the Kings, even though we are bitter-ish rivals, uh, I love seeing hockey in places where people don't always expect there to be hockey. And I know that Vegas has, you know, probably at this point, the best crowd uh, in, in the league. And mm-hmm. I, I think that it's cool to to see what they're doing, even though they beat my team all the time. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, we'll, we'll look at the playoffs how excited are you to not have to play the Minnesota Wild again to be done with that series? It's crazy going into the series and going into the the, the last few games of the regular season. The the race between the President's Trophy and between the Colorado Avalanche and the Golden Knights. A lot of the fans actually wanted the President's Trophy just to avoid the Minnesota Wild. That was the biggest reason because the Minnesota Wild has been a thorn in the Golden Knights side for their entire franchise the minnesota wild has been the winningest team against the golden knights in the league and it's crazy when you think about it and it's weird because we want it we were more worried playing the wild than the actual avalanche although i know the avalanche is a very good team coming up but the wild was just a very very different feel to them it was such a good series though and you gotta i respect the wild and how good they are now and they're such a different team yeah, it was very exciting to watch as, as an onlooker. And I feel like this series against Colorado is going to be even more exciting. I think, like I said, this is one that feels like it should be a conference final. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get we get it now instead. So uh, we're talking before game one of the series. So uh, we're going to keep this just sort of broad. But what are your feelings on this matchup? Uh, how do you think that Vegas is going to uh, line up against Colorado and who are you looking to uh, to take a big step and be an important player in this series? Uh, yeah, this is this is the series that this whole season has led up to, really, especially in the West Division. This is the one and two seed of the league. They're actually tied in points, but Colorado has a tiebreaker, so they win the President's Trophy. This is how good these two teams are. And the season series, they're four and four. They're both both teams have four wins. And that's how exciting this series is. I understand how good Colorado is. They are one of the best possession teams ever. Like, not just this year, like ever. And this this is the second time the Golden Knights go into a series as under, underdogs. I don't know about second time. It was the last, but the last time they were underdogs in a series, it was against Winnipeg in 2017. So it's a very different feeling for the Golden Knights. Uh a lot of people are picking Colorado, which I understand, but I still have a very, I'm still very confident that the Golden Knights can pull this off. The Golden Knights are match up well against Colorado with their play style. The Golden Knights' size is a, re- a big problem against uh, Colorado, and they have a hard time really uh, playing with it. The an, an easy answer, of, of course, is Mark Stone, our best player, and Mac or Max Pacioretty. But I'm gonna go with someone that's not as well known at, uh, on 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 the on the media on the, on the uh, I want to go with a with a, an unexpected one here and I'm going to go with Nicolas Waugh. He's playing third line center for us in between Alex Tuck and TS Yanmark. With those two guys on his wings, I feel like it really opened up 
opens up Nick Waugh. Nick Waugh has been is a second year guy and is in a tra- uh, it has a trajectory of playing really well, a really good two way forward and an underrated scoring threat. He solidified himself as a third line center this uh, on the series against the Wild, and I, I believe he's going to have a huge uh, series against Colorado. Yeah, he's been someone who's been fun to watch develop, and mm-hmm. he, he is poised to take a big step uh, in, in this series. Uh, I will ask you a question. Uh, Colorado is not listening to this. They will never know what you say on this podcast, but <laughs> are there any weaknesses in the Golden Knights game? Is there anything that you were hoping that they kind of tune up uh, between now and puck drop? Oh, yeah. This has been a season-long weakness, and it's very infuriating and very... I don't know why it is. It's the power play. The Golden Knights has one of the worst power plays in the league. They are twenty. They are twenty second in the league of this in the season, and I think they only have thirteen percent in the playoffs. They only scored like tw- twice against Minnesota in the power play, which is a huge improvement, to be honest with you. Like after you watch a power play, Golden Knights power play at near the end of the season, it's been non-existent. If the Golden Knights power play starts to get going, they become a very, very dangerous team because their penalty kill is one of the best, if not the best, in the league. It's it's just the power play that's been... like They cannot really gain momentum through their power play. And and it goes to the, to the, the, the random drought, the random scoring droughts that the Golden Knights get here and there. It goes hand in hand. So it, it's... It's one of those things, that chicken and egg thing. You know, mm-hmm. the power play needs to be better so Golden Knights can score more and whatnot. But it's the power play. That's the biggest weakness on this team. Well, this is going to be one heck of a series to watch, and I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on it of people who normally would probably not tune into this to, to this series. Uh, they're going to want to see what happens. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Thank you so much for sharing uh, all your news about the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, some of their secrets on today's show for, for people who want to hear more from you here hear your show on locked on golden knights where can they find you online uh you can find me on twitter at some dude 88 s-u-m-d-o-o-d i like to cover the golden knights a little bit satirically so you'll see a lot of memes and just jokes and stuff uh don't take me too seriously sometimes because i sometimes most of the time I'm very sarcastic and stuff. Yeah, you can find the Locked On Golden Knights podcast on all the uh, all your podcast networks and stuff. Yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Thanks to Carlo for joining the show. Up next, we've got Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians. First, though, I want to talk to you all about Wealthfront because trading can be fun. It can be a lot of fun to learn about and to see what you can do to help grow your long-term wealth. If you want to make it easier, if you want to make it less complicated, more successful, then you should go and check out Wealthfront because they have the right tools for every portfolio and each portfolio is personalized just for you and your needs. Everything is automatic. There's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock markets. Everything is done just based off of preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do all the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Let's go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. 
One of the more unexpected storylines of this first round of the playoffs is what is going on in Canada. And no, I'm not talking about the Oilers. I'm talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs Montreal Canadiens matchup, which has been pushed to seven games, much to the delight of basically everyone who is watching that series. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone other than the neutral, other, other than the involved fans, I should say. As you can tell, we've got Laura Saba, one half of Locked on Canadians, here to uh, to share the good news about what is happening in this series that I think is giving everyone um, a lot of anxiety if you're a Leafs or a Canadians fan. So um, just take it away. How did you get to game seven? Did you expect this to happen? Like, are you just ready to go hide in a hole until the game is over? <laughs> It's tempting. You know, it's tempting because I'll start from the beginning. Nobody expected this. And quite honestly, even Canadians and media and fans, including ourselves, uh, all of us predicted a Leafs win. I think, you know, the calls for a sweep, Leafs in three, the Canadians don't need to bother showing up. All of that was maybe a little bit exaggerated and a little bit too much wishful thinking. Uh, but even Canadians media, you know, those of us who've been watching the Montreal Canadians for this long know that this team is inferior to the Toronto Maple Leafs team that they iced on in game one of the playoffs and nobody expected that. And, and, you know, to me, I thought Leafs and six was a very sensible prediction because it was very common. I don't want to say it's like the coward's pick because I don't believe that. I think that it, it was really a sensible choice to make that because Toronto was good enough to sweep. Yeah, for sure. Yes, absolutely. The roster's great. They've got that firepower. They've got all that improvement that they made over the summer uh, or winter, whatever the off season was the fall. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, the, their goaltending has suddenly, which has been a weak spot for so long that has cost them series in the past, you know, with, with uh, Jack Campbell coming in and playing so amazingly, you know, for me, looking at that, that's that's a juggernaut of a team. That's a terrifying team. It's a team, admittedly, that hadn't faced adversity up until this point because the North Division is fairly, I'm not going to say weak. I don't think that that's a fair thing to say. I think it was an easy division for the Leafs. That's the way that I would like to put it. Uh, so they haven't faced adversity. And, you know, coming in, it seemed like they would steamroll the Canadians in four, maybe max five games, right? And that's why they play the games because so many different things can happen. Key injuries can happen, which happened to the Leafs. Um, stellar goaltending can happen, which happened to both teams, right? Uh, goaltenders can steal periods, games, series. Uh, and so, you know, the thing with the playoffs is that you have to take the, the conventional wisdom, the whether you're using the eye test or the underlying numbers in the regular season, you have to throw all of that out the window because you're talking about a small sample size where luck is a massive factor, right? And 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 it, it was evident in the first 10 minutes of that series. I mean, Ben Sherratt threw a check on John Tavares, which if Corey Perry hadn't been skating by, chasing the puck at that exact moment, that the puck happened to be going by at that exact moment. Like imagine the number of things that have to happen mm-hmm. for that particular hit to land. And so uh, John Tavares was landing on the ice and would probably have just gotten up completely fine. If Corey Perry had not been skating by and trying to get out of the way, ended up hitting John Tavares with his knee. Although I feel like if he hadn't done that, 
John Tavares's head would have ended up on Corey Perry's skate, and that might have been even worse. Uh, but thankfully, John Tavares seems to be recovering, and he's cleared his tests and all of that. But that's it. First 10 minutes, there was a key injury. It was the Toronto Maple Leafs captain, second line center, who's not a joke, a veteran player, one of their most talented players, somebody that you always bring up when you bring up the Leafs, uh, the, the Leafs big five. So, you know, nobody could have predicted that. Ben Sherratt could not have predicted that, you know, nobody. And, 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 and the Leafs basically at that point, they were in, in one of those do or die situations. They really managed to win the next game's, the next three games actually handily, right? There was no question. Mm-hmm. They, the, 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 the Habs would have a little bit of a spark. They'd put together five or 10 minutes of good play. And then the Leafs would just switch on. And it was like, it was like night and day and they would dominate, you know, in those second periods, the Canadians were almost run off the ice. That's how good the Leafs were. But as every game went on, the, Habs learned about how the Leafs play and how to beat the Leafs. I think that's the thing is that in the regular season, they played them in, in a, in a wide span. Like the, the games weren't close together. They played, you know, Calgary five, four games in a row, the senators five games in a row, but that never happened with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was very well spaced out. So there was no real rhythm that they could understand. There was no real adjustment that they could make. And also th- I think three of those games were coached with uh, by another, by a completely different head coach. And so going into the series, even though we didn't have a lot of faith in the Canadians coaching, they, as, as a team, whether it was the coach, whether it was the veteran players, whether it was, you know, just a sort of a combination of them, have adjusted better and better. And the adjustments have been small, but they've been frequent and and constant. And I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe this crept up on them. And Sheldon Keefe himself said, they've been getting better and we haven't adjusted. And I think it's a lot of, a lot of it is due to the fact that none of us know what to expect from the Canadians. If you asked me and you have asked me on the past in this, on the <laughs> show, you know, what is their style? What do they do? they don't have one. They don't have an identity and they don't have a playing style that, that mid season coaching change messed up a lot of things. It didn't give them a lot of opportunity to get a system going. And then when we saw the system, we were highly suspicious of it and with good reason, right? Like if you look at the underlying numbers in, in, in long, long stretches, Toronto's just the better team, no matter what. And so I think, I, I don't think that this is coaching that, that has happened. I think that the Canadians have gotten better and only maybe like 10 or 15% is better decisions from the coach. I think the Canadians are icing the better players now uh, for the most part. And I think the fact that they have guys who've played in so many high stakes, you know, Stanley cup playoffs or uh, Olympics or things like that, like those tournaments, I think that experience that they have, like, I'm not, I'm not about to say, you know, Corey Perry's coaching from the bench or anything like that, (laughs) but I feel like, the fact that they know how to do this and that they've taken these young players under their wings, right? Like this veteran presence, people talk about how it's a cliche, but you know, your Nick Suzuki, your Kotkin Yemi, your Cole Coffee, like those are the guys that are stepping up in these wins, but they're stepping up because there are people guiding them and helping them, right? They're brand new to this. Uh, Cole Coffee, literally brand new to this. He played what five, six regular season games before he started playing in the playoffs. And so I think, Whatever it is that's happening, like as a whole, they're steadily, even though it's little by little, they're getting better. So now they're at a, at a point where they've pushed the Leafs to game seven and we're playing with house money. 
whether the Canadians win, if they win, it'll be great. It'll be amazing. If they lose, well, they need to change anyway, the front office. So it's not, it's not like we lost that much. Like we're, you know, we're all sitting here and we're like, this is found money. It's, 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 it's free hockey for us. I don't know that I necessarily saw any brackets putting uh, Montreal through this round. And I feel like just the feeling of being like, well, we, we are taking Toronto to the very limit. Uh, I, I think has to, it has to be kind of a good feeling no matter what is happening. Like you said, it's, it's a little bit of found money. Uh, win or lose, at least everyone's maybe having a good time. There is more coming up right after this, but first let's talk all about Built Bar because if you have not heard the good word yet, Built Bar is delicious. It is tasty. It is a great snack to help you get your energy up, whether you are going for a hike or walking around your neighborhood or throwing treats down the hallway to your cat, which is really my main form of exercise these days. Built Bars come in nine delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry, raspberry, and one of my personal favorites, peanut butter brownie. And the best thing about them is that they taste like you're eating a candy bar. So you would never know that you are eating something that is high in protein, high in fiber, low calories, and all that other great stuff. So go right now, check out BuiltBar.com. Order today, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. One other thing I wanted to ask, I've seen a lot of kind of frustration over the coaching choices in terms of lineups and a a lot of buzz about who is being scratched and who isn't getting a ton of minutes. Is this something you just are going to have to deal with? Like, do you think that it's going to change or that a light bulb is suddenly going to go off and the Canadians are going to rise their best possible roster at some point? No, there's no evidence to that. Uh, And I'll tell you why. It's because we thought, all right, you know, the Dominique Ducharme gave reasoning as to why he didn't play Kotkaniemi in the first game. Uh, and then Cole Caulfield until game three and he had reasons and the reasons made sense when he said them, but it's the playoffs. It's an elimination tournament. It's the best on the best. So you take your best players and you put them on the ice. He's still not, he still has not done that with Romanov, even though he has reasoning for playing guys like Merrill or Gustafson over him and Romanov is the better player. So I don't think that that has clicked in his head. And like I said myself, I was like, the Canadians have won three games against the Toronto Maple Leafs in spite of their coaching. And if they do beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, if that's a big if, right? Like you're still talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, the class of the North. If they do, I I don't know how he's going to adjust against a less predictable Winnipeg team. Well, this is just going to be, I'm really excited to see what happens next. I feel like this is a game that it doesn't matter what uh, what team you're a fan of, who you're rooting for. This is pretty much must see TV, the Leafs and the Canadians coming down to game seven. I'm certainly clearing my schedule to watch it, uh, even though it has totally, uh, totally messed up my schedule for putting together my next podcast with my predictions. Uh, But uh, (laughs) we will, we'll just be happy that we're getting a game seven between two storied rivals here in the first round. So Laura, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing what exactly is going on with Montreal and the very, very (laughs) weird path they have taken to just driving Toronto Maple Leafs fans absolutely up a wall, which is fun. So thank you for that. For people who want to hear more from you and more about the Canadians, no matter what happens in this last game, uh, where can they find you at? 
Our podcast is Locked On Canadians, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, including Locked On NHL. You can find our Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. If you're a Leafs fan, please don't find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. Solid advice. Thank you so much. (laughs) Good luck. I hope you get whatever outcome you want from this game. Either way, it's a win, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Now let's check in with some quick updates from some of our hosts all across the Locked On Network. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here. Islanders lose game one to the Bruins, five to two. Not a great game for the Islanders. First of all, Ilya Sorokin, his worst game of the playoffs. Now, he was great in the first round. Played okay in this game, but gave up too many fat rebounds and and just didn't quite have his usual sharpness. The other thing is this. The Bruins are sort of like a mirror image of the Islanders. Both these teams play similar styles, but the difference is... The Bruins' top line is deadly effective offensively, and the Islanders so far don't have an answer. If the Islanders can't slow down the perfection line, they're going to be in trouble in this series. For more, listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast with me, Gil Martin. Chris from Lockdown Avalanche here and the Colorado Avalanche with a 7-1 to thrashing of a pretty classless Vegas Golden Knights team. Things got a little bit out of hand at the end. You expect games like that when they are totally lopsided to have some pushing and shoving, but Vegas took it to another level. So that's what this series is going to be. We knew it was going to be a physical battle, but when you have guys like Ryan Reeves that just want to be stupid... Uh, That's what we're going to get. So Avalanche didn't let it bother them. The week off did not bother them. They came out right out of the gate and took an early lead. And the rest is history. The Vegas not having Flurry in goal and putting Leonard in goal clearly helped Colorado. But I don't even think with Flurry in goal tonight, it would have stopped the onslaught of the Avalanche. So two days off and we'll see where things go. On Wednesday, but a great start for the Avalanche. You just hope somebody like uh, some of the players like Ryan Graves are not seriously hurt. Uh, we'll probably be hearing from player safety on a couple of these players on both at both sides, really. So seven to one, great start. Three more, and we move on. Hockey fans, Jared Ellis here, host of Locked on Hurricanes with Hurricanes broadcaster Abby Labar. And Abby, I know it's a diff- disappointing game, but what are your quick takeaways from that Honestly, game? I didn't think it was disappointing as far as the outcome goes, right? I yeah. thought the Kings yeah. had a really awesome first period. I think that's where they will go back and say, hey, we probably should have capitalized on that yeah. momentum and scored a goal. But you're facing Andre Vasilevsky. He's exactly. incredible. So that's going to be, I think, the biggest thorn in the Kings side throughout this series. So we'll see how they uh, go back and look at everything, and then they can come back on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. My same thoughts there. Um, I'm definitely accept, expecting a seven-game series with this one. It's uh, going to be... It's going to be tight. Yeah, yeah, I was talking with the Locked on Lightning host, mm-hmm. and we were both... Yeah, it's yeah. going to be seven games. It's, it's going to be, be tough. Yeah. It's going to be a goaltender's battles, but thank you very much, Abby, and let's go Canes. Of course. Go Canes. Thank you, guys. everyone for joining the show today thank you to all of you for listening to today's edition of locked on nhl you can find us on twitter if you want to keep up on the socials we're at locked on nhl pods go find us over there 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WriteSaidSarah, where I mostly just yell about how bad my team is. Make sure you're following this show, that you're subscribed to this show wherever you get your podcasts, and come back tomorrow and every day for more hockey talk here on Locked on NHL. While you're here, while you are checking out podcasts, if you are interested in more sports than just hockey, then you should make sure to check out the Locked on Today podcast, where host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can find Locked on Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, but make sure you're following this show first. That's it for today. Come back tomorrow for more hockey stuff here on Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.